Hi everyone, welcome to the latest edition of the See Me podcast, chatting about the journey of our social movement. Today our feature interview will be with one of our volunteers, Susan, who's done loads of work with us, sharing her story in the media, she speaks at lots of events, she's had a huge impact on her workplace as well. For today, I am joined as always by Dee. Hi Dee. The better half, hello. Mm, this will be the last time you join after that comment <laughs> no <laughs> and the wonderful third claire <laughs> i thought you'd forgotten my name there for a minute <laughs> but that's fun <laughs> i'll take wonderful first yeah i was yeah. going to be nice Thanks. which is very uncharacteristic in how <laughs> i am towards you <laughs> so you can enjoy this. this is a recorded medium so i've got to be professional and courteous claire is yeah exactly Claire is our monitoring and research officer and Claire and I went out and carried out loads of these interviews for Creating the Journey of the Social Movement Report, which we have done. Uh, this really tells the story of everyone who we've been, well not everyone, but kind of a few people that we've been working with who have volunteered with us and the impact they've done the impact they've done, <laughs> the impact they have had and the work that they have done in tackling stigma and discrimination across Scotland over the last few years. There's some really inspiring and amazing stories in there. You can check that out at uh, report.seemiscotland.org uh, for some of the stories on there, see what people have been up to, see what you get up to yourself. Susan was a great person to go and talk to. Uh, the one of the, I'd say, the most wide-ranging discussions we had, Claire, the only one that's led to um, her starting her journey as a volunteer and uh, that leading to her swimming with dolphins. Oh, yeah, best ending we've had. Swimming with dolphins sounded absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's like such a beautiful metaphor, isn't it? Like, it is, yeah, but yeah. she actually did it. <laughs> I know, that's what I mean. It's not even, yeah. it's not even a, yeah, a tale we'll of yore. It's true. <laughs> We'll hear it in her interview, but essentially it's kind of a few one thing leading to another with giving Susan more confidence and self-belief and then eventually being able to take a long-haul flight. And then when she did that, she on holiday and she swam with dolphins. So that is, if, if you're looking for a, a different reason to tackle stigma and discrimination, it um, can also lead to swimming with dolphins. So it is a very unique ending, very unique. Yeah, but maybe maybe one we should encourage more of. Maybe we should maybe. write that into some of our volunteer programs. Yeah, <laughs> new, awesome. new messaging. Who knows? You could end up swimming with dolphins by the end of this. I think so. I think it's a good encouragement. Unless you're phobic of dolphins. I was going to say it doesn't have to be dolphins. It could be penguins. or other marine mammals. Well, yeah, obviously, like like all things with see me you're not committed to doing anything <laughs> and you're not it's not a commitment you must swim with dolphins as part of tackling stigma and discrimination in scotland you can't have one without the other and now we've gone suitably off track straight away yeah um yeah i get and well susan's journey was is she's she's volunteered with us for a while and primarily starting off with sharing her story in the media and then she's spoken at loads of our events especially workplace events sharing her story showing some of the experiences of stigma and discrimination she's had throughout her life and how she's combated these and tackled these and 
she's a real great ambassador for showing we talk a lot at CME about the idea of social contact um, essentially that by hearing or s- someone's story or watching them on TV or speaking to someone direct that that is one of the best ways to change the way someone thinks and behaves about a subject which is for us is mental health and Susan's done that in loads of ways and is sort of you can see the real passion it changes in rooms when she's speaking and as clay i know you've been at a few events where she's been there loads of our events over time seeing people speak about their experiences why do you think that speaking out publicly about your mental health it makes such a big difference why it does create change i think i missed my name but i think you're speaking to me <laughs> I, I am speaking <laughs> Sorry. to you yes <laughs> I think with Susan you can really see and and with everyone else as well but from speaking to Susan it was really clear that ripple effect that she felt from speaking about her own mental health and she um, gave her the we we helped with giving her the tools to be able to feel confident to speak about it but then the strength that she's felt in herself to then be able to speak more and and go out and ask for um, things that she needs to help her help her in work and within health and social care, and being able to seek that help, but also be able to help others as well has been it's an incredible journey with people coming to her and um, and saying, oh, I heard you speak about this, like, I feel that too, like, um, that ripple effect in her community, I think she talks about really strongly, and um, how she's able to then signpost them on to hopefully encourage others to go and seek the help they need as well, um, with the appropriate people. I think it has, and I think you can, you can hear that in a lot of the stories of people that we work with who have shared their experiences that if that's in the newspaper on the media on radio they're always saying oh, people then start coming up to me and saying oh, i heard you speaking about that it's brilliant and actually really surprised that people are so open and so kind of i guess congratulatory about it which people never expect they think they're sharing something and it's it'll be good for their own recovery but it could make a difference for those who have struggled but they always seem surprised by the amount of people like oh i heard that that's great it's really good you're doing that it's an important thing to speak about and we also see it loads when when we share people's stories on social media people can see directly all oh, right that's what people actually think. like their stories there and then there's comments underneath and they're always so positive I guess you see that mostly with posting a lot of stuff on our on our Facebook, on our Twitter, on Instagram, and the real impact that it has on someone when they can see the the immediate reaction to their story. Yeah, I think it's really really powerful, and 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 it's something that happens a lot with the the stories and the content that we share, and it's um it's great for us to see as well because I think obviously on, on social media it's people sometimes get a little bit too kind of concerned about oh how many people have liked this or you know like oh is it going to be you know taken badly and seeing those positive comments and conversations happening um across all our channels is is great and also just seeing people tagging each other and kind of starting those conversations in a digital space as well um and I and you know the the feedback that we get from people that don't we've never met you know people that are 
you know, hundreds of miles away that we've we've never, you know, wouldn't be able to have a conversation with otherwise or kind of seeing these stories. And even if that encourages them to think about things a little bit differently, you know, it doesn't have to be a radical act, but um, just, you know, seeing someone acknowledge um, somebody else's story and, and if that, you know, in, inspires them to, to start a conversation with somebody else. And, you know, we're we're halfway there to, to tackling stigma. Why do you think that? happens at what what is it about someone's story that inspires change i think you know it's it's difficult to believe that when you're struggling with your mental health um or you're going through a difficult time that you know people that people are interested or that people um that your voice isn't maybe valuable or that it's you're isolated and it's just you that's going through that and then being able to see oh actually you know someone's been brave enough and strong enough and confident enough to discuss what they're experiencing or admit that they're struggling um in such an open space um is so power powerful and inspiring for people to see that and and be able to kind of realize that oh I'm not on my own um and you know maybe maybe I can do this too yeah, so I was just going to add to that and say, especially talking about it on social media, but we also hear it with like local media as well, and you're speaking to people that could be the other side of the world, but the local media is getting people speaking to each other that like maybe they only ever walked past in the street or, um, I don't know, went to school with 10 years ago, and now they feel confident to come forward just because somebody they kind of know has talked about it. Um, and as you said, that's super powerful. It really is. And even after... So one way that we prepare people to, to share their stories, we have speaker training, we have media training, and we spend a lot of time with people working out what it is they want to share, really importantly what they don't want to share as well, what they're not comfortable, so they know when they are going to speak at an event or in an interview with a journalist that whatever they're saying they are confident in that and they know how that fits as well with wider messages around tackling stigma and discrimination. And even after all this time and working with so many people who've done that, it never kind of fails to blow me away just hearing the rawness of someone's story and seeing how that changes like when they're speaking live to someone, the sort of the mood in a room and how much that's the thing that grips people, that's the thing that changes people. And I know when I've done talks before and see me and what we do and our media work and all that stuff people will listen and they'll smile and they'll try and pretend I'm not one of the most boring people they've heard that day but then <coughs> when our volunteer comes on they're sharing their story and their experiences along with their expertise they're just they're gripped and and you can see it really move people and make a difference and it's incredible and it's just play, real isn't it it is, yeah. Yeah, it just it kind of puts it, especially into that, what you're saying about you're the boring person. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might pick up on that. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I remember when you said you were boring. Yeah, no, it's, it's recorded, isn't it? Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely recorded. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's real and people can really, um, like, yeah, hook onto it and kind of understand that whole personal aspect of it rather than somebody just saying oh, this leads to this, and this leads to this, and actually having that experience that you're willing to share, as you said, um, you don't need to share everything, but um, just that little bit is all it takes sometimes. 
how do you think the stigma how do it stops how does it stop people from having a voice what does it prevent d <laughs> what does it prevent everything um i think there's two things i think that there's the kind of societal stigma and fear that you maybe won't get taken seriously or that if you do speak out you might face kind of negative backlash or you know people not thinking that you're capable or you know I think there's 101 different things that can tie into that and and does stop people speaking out and then I also think on the self sigma side of things which is something we talk about quite a lot that you know it's it's a little bit of lack of you know that your voice is valid and that people are gonna are gonna take you know what you're saying to be important or so I think it's it's twofold um and I think it's fear as well you know you you don't know how it's going to react you don't know how it's going to impact on your family and friends necessarily or in Susan's case you know like talking about mental health at work you know that's a huge issue for a lot of people you know am I going to be seen to be a capable um employee am I going to be able to you know discuss these things with people that you know I'm not necessarily that close with um so I think it you know it impacts on all areas of somebody's life and and that fear of you know am I alone as we've said or if I say something is this going to impact me negatively when actually as we've said you know a lot of the times it, it affects people in a positive way um but I guess it's that fear of we, I don't know until I do it and then once I've done it it's too late and what if uh, you know it's just a really complex difficult thing to try and define um I think but there's all this kind of intersectionality of you know workplace community life balance friends family you know it's a big it's a big thing I think that leads back to like there is that fear and um what happens when I go and speak to somebody about this um and with other people speaking out about their own experiences and what they've done and how um, the reactions that they've had, the more we can have positive stories like that, the more confidence or like tools that people can look at and go, okay, well, this is a way that I could maybe approach it and, and yeah, help to potentially ease the fear a little bit more. Yeah, and as well, you know, sadly, I think it does just take one negative experience throughout somebody's life of reaching out and maybe not necessarily getting a reaction that they expected or the help that they need. And I think that can embed itself so far into, you know, thinking that oh, I cannot talk about this. And actually the more like Claire, as you, as you just said, the more positive examples and the kind of positive reinforcements that we're seeing that not everybody's going to react negatively. And actually there is scope for this to be a great positive thing. Um, and I think we can change, you know, change people's opinions with, with sharing these stories. We can, and it makes... I think it makes a really big difference when you might be sat there thinking, I'm feeling rubbish, I'm struggling, but I, I'm, I'm scared to say because I don't know what the reaction is going to be like from the people around me, especially at workplace when some are friends, some are colleagues, some you know, you works kind of, a, it's always a bit of a, a weird env- or interesting environment in itself. Like it's, it's kind of, it's a place that you go to every day, but it's not like a normal comfortable environment if you get what I mean so there's always that kind of fear because I guess so much rides on it like on your job it's it's money and stuff like that and it's something I think you can really worry about like if I say how I really feel 
what how is the not just the person next to me going to react but the boss then who's sitting upstairs or whoever it might be and to have someone a, a person like a Susan who is out there and saying this is how I feel this is the experiences this is there's nothing wrong with it it's just how what happened to me and actually what's wrong is when people react negatively towards that or don't sort of make any adjustments for it or treat someone unfairly because of it that can really inspire you to go oh yeah no I could well she's done it and she's led the way and shown this so maybe I can do it now and that's the thing I think that sharing your story has that power to do is it can help yourself but it can also help all those people who are around you going I'm worried about what happens and if it just but it, it takes a lot of bravery I think to be that first one and I guess that's why I'm always so inspired by yeah. seeing people do that and hopefully we're inspiring the people um that are leading so talking about workplaces hopefully we're inspiring the managers and the colleagues to have that reaction as well of when if somebody discloses to them that they need support or help or that something is happening that they also give that positive reaction and hopefully through this report as well there's lots of examples of that we can give to people to say hey Here's some positive reactions. Yeah, and also just as well kind of providing that support and and reasonable adjustments for people that are struggling, you know, it it fulfills their lives so much more and it makes, you know, makes productivity and and the office environment and everything, you know, work so much better if you're actually providing that support to let people talk and, and get the help that they need. You know, it can only be a positive thing. Totally. And I think what we'll hear in Susan's story that... For some time, sometimes it doesn't have to be dramatic changes. Like Actually, I think that's what people worry about with mental health, that it's a scary other thing, so they don't want to deal with it because they think it's going to be a huge thing that then to, to make a difference or to have an impact, to have a positive impact. Whereas Susan talks about something for her, about kind of sunlight makes a huge difference to her mental health. And just being able to move desks and sit near a window was one small, uh, what they call reasonable adjustment, which is just, it's a bit of a jargony term, but it is just literally that. It's a, a reasonable adjustment to make to someone's working life or pattern or whatever it is. And that was a small thing that was done for Susan that then could make a huge difference to her. And again, it's it's little things that can make a difference, but everybody can do that. There's nothing that stops anyone from just listening to someone, listening to what's going to make a difference for them and not kind of dismissing it or being worried or scared, just listening and doing those small things. It's so possible. Um, so... We will listen to Susan's interview just now um, and hear her chat about all things from workplace reasonable adjustments through to swimming with dolphins. Yeah. What would you say, throughout your volunteering, what would you say you're most proud of? Most proud of, I think, just seeing the pro- the, it move forward, see me. It's moved forward quite a lot in the last seven years and it's great to see it and making a difference that... You can see a difference in Scotland and locally even behind mental health. More people are speaking about it and it was good to see. I think Simi led the way in that Um, and they spoke, you know, we were speaking out about it. So that makes me feel proud to think that we're going in, we're going to speak to kids and um, men and the elderly and it's not just, it's not just 
people with mental health, you're getting through to more people that don't and they're maybe understanding it a bit better, that their comments before were hurtful and they now maybe think about it a bit more and that's, that makes me proud. That's great. Um, you mentioned there a little bit about um, national and local and I'm just wondering what, um, how important you see both aspects of it because I know you've done some national work and done some stuff locally as well and how important each of the aspects are to challenge that. Yeah. I think nationally it's good because it's maybe encouraging other people to volunteer, me standing out and saying that because a lot of people see me Nationally, not so much. You know, they, they just know me, um, but locally, people maybe know me better and don't understand that I've been through what I've been through. So, seeing myself speaking out has maybe helped somebody else to go and seek help. I've had a lot of contact through social media for people asking for just advice or a general chat, which I'm more than happy to do. And that kind of it's good, you know, it's good you can see the difference that they're asking for help and nationally yeah it's different you're still going out and you're getting the message home but it's like a ripple effect like we've been talking at a conference and then you're sort of dropping the pebble in and then someday at the conference is then taking it on and on and on so that's different that I see the national locally a lot of people know me in the town and they see me as somebody that's quite gobby and things like that um, and they maybe think oh I didn't realise Susan had depression which I've had um, so it's maybe making them realise the effect comments can have on somebody with depression. It can be anybody. We've spoken a little bit about um, a little bit about the feedback you've had from telling your story. Um, has it been anything maybe that's surprising you, or anything that you maybe didn't expect? Um, some of it's a bit strange when you've been maybe on radio or that and somebody messaged you out that wasn't a hair trip. That was really good and you get, you get a bit of blessed that listen to me, Susan Frigala sort of style and it's like a bit self, like not giving yourself the credit for what you're doing. It's like why are these people believing me but why wouldn't they believe me? Um, and that's quite nice, getting the positive feedback and sometimes from people you wouldn't expect it from. Um, and it's been good, some of the national radio I've done, you know, I've met people after it and went, oh yeah, we heard you and you were really good and you've, I've now went and done this or it's opened up other groups wanting to speak to me or that. Um, so that, that's quite nice, it's a nice, you feel a bit, I feel more empowered to do more from it when you get somebody just coming up and saying thanks. It makes a big difference. and. Just seen somebody that's then come and went, I heard you speaking, so I've went and done this. So you can see and identify that kind of ripple yeah. effect that mm -hmm. your story has had. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's a bit strange hearing your own voice, but well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to hearing well, listening back to this. <laughs> um, so has, um, has, has telling your story in the media and all the talks and everything you've done with Simi, um, has that had the impact that you, that you wanted and do you still think it's important that we continue to do this? Oh it's still important, yeah, we're not finished yet. 
We're on the way, I think we're maybe just over a third of the way, getting there to two thirds of the way. But yeah, there's a long way to go because it's still there. We all know stigma's still there. Um, maybe not the same because more and more people are coming out talking about it, which the more the better. Uh, but we're, we're getting there. And yeah, the more I speak about my story and if it helps one other person, that it doesn't matter. But yeah, we've got we've still got ways to go, but people shouldn't be scared to speak about their mental health at a workplace or scared to not apply for a job because somebody might find they've got a mental health issue. That has that's a thing that has to stop, and we'll get there. We will keep going till we do. You're stuck with me. <laughs> I love it. Brings me on to the next story. <laughs> question perfectly. Um, how do you? Uh, how has um, CME helped you to, to through the volunteering process? There's always been somebody there to speak to. I've never felt I've been left on my own. I get support. It's the welcome I get for you all is, is lovely, and it is for everybody. Um, I know the support's there. I know if I didn't want to do something, I would just say I'm not going to do it. There wouldn't be any comeback on me. Uh, my points listened to, um, which is somebody with mental health, that's a huge thing because you find when you've got these sort of illnesses that a lot of businesses and people that think, oh, she's just having an episode or something and that's why she's decrying this and that or getting upset about something. But I've never, ever felt that. We see me, I've always felt supported by the whole team and other volunteers as well and a lot of us have become friends through it and things like that and support one another um, and it does it, it when I come back for an event I feel stronger from it amazing thank you um, so we're going to move on a little bit to some of the stuff that you've done so we'd like some bad time to talk to if that's alright yeah. <laughs> um, so the first question I've got here is um, just kind of about how what it was like to be on the trains speaking about mental health and time to talk to uh, when I first got on the train at Tweed Bank I sat in the seat and got my leaflets kind of organised, what I wanted to do, and I thought, right, come on, it's time to get the backbone here and uh, start to go, and people came on and thought, right, I can do this, this is, and it was a bit daunting the first couple of times, and these strangers are looking at me. I never got declined to speak to anybody once. Everybody spoke to me, and we then did ended up having cross conversations across the carriageway and, the, you know, the bit up the middle of what we bit with other people and it opened up other conversations and never got knocked back by anybody. It was a bit done at first, but it was great. And it's only an hour in the train. I was exhausted when I got to the other end, but it, it was brilliant again. And even spoke to the train drivers when I came off and they were, they were just really good. Yeah, it was a bit daunting, but oh, I'd do it again. It was it was lovely. Yeah, got s such positive feedback from people. So, how has volunteering in CME impacted on um, other areas of your life, or how has it changed you? Um, I think it's made me a bit more open to discussing it and stronger and able to speak out about my mental health. I don't hide away from it now. If I'm having a bad day, yeah, I say, or when I was I was off ill three years ago, very ill, and I used to always say, before I did this, if I was off for any length of time, I would say, I'm on holiday. Folk must have thought I had brilliant holidays, Woo, best company ever. Now I would say, no, actually, I'm off ill. Um, I'm stressed, it's my depression. So I'm more open about my illness, which has made a big impact on me. I feel I don't have to hide away from it. And... 
friends have been fantastic and backed me up and everything. So it's made our friendship closer. Um, and they're good in family and that as well. Like, it, it, you know, they understand more. Um, so no, it's good. Um, it makes me stronger. Fantastic. And with the, um, you're talking about being on holiday rather than being off sick, how did that progress through the workplace? When, how did you get to a place within the workplace that you found that actually I can be honest now? Um, the main of it was, was probably three years ago after I was off ill. I was off ill for five months from my work. And they knew I was off, but I wasn't as maybe as open as I would have been. I was starting to get there, but I wasn't then. I did cognitive behavioural therapy, and I've done been to see more counsellors. I actually did my Cusca counselling skills as well, because seeing it more, I thought I need to get a better understanding. But I did CBT for uh, with a psychiatrist, and that was a light bulb changing moment for me. Um, and it made me think, right, it's not me that's wrong. I've got an illness, society's dealing with my illness wrong. So I thought, no, if I don't start to speak out more, then I'm, people are going to go through what I went through. So it made me stronger again to do that, so I was more open about it. Um, and at work and things like that, if I w was asking for a reasonable adjustment, when maybe I wouldn't have done before, I occasionally get sad. Not occasionally, I do get sad. The reasonable adjustment for me costs nothing at work. I sit beside a window. That was helping me, that I could get what daylight there was. So I was asking for more help and things like that. If I'm having a bad day at work, I tell them. I say, look, I'm no firing all cylinders. But the work still gets done, but go and just leave me if they ask me, I'm fine. Um, I would never have done that before. Never would have done it before, but I do now, and I encourage others to do it because there's no medals in this life, so you've got to make it work for you. Where did you learn about the all of the aspects that are available to you in the workplace for the support reasonable adjustment service? Yeah, I always knew we had a counselling service through work, which I do. So I, I knew about that. I'd been told about that a few years ago, and. But I never really thought about the reasonable adjustment. Always thought it was for physical things like um, glasses, fancy chairs to sit at, different height desks, different size computers, risers and wrist supports and things like that. But then I thought, why, why is there nothing for me for mental health? Why isn't there something? So I sort of asked our HR and went, I need this, I need to be sitting at a window. This is going to help me get in daylight. Um, not just in the winter, because you know what Scottish summers are like. You kind of need to be, get as much daylight as you can. Um, so yes, I asked for that and what else they could do. And so met with my manager and we discussed it. And you know, I, I said, I'll always be honest with you, probably from now on, because I maybe hadn't been before uh, how I was feeling. So now if I'm not right, I tell her. Um, and think, right, I just need five minutes out. Um, which is quite handy with a job, I can go outside and things like that, so the rest of the people don't need to know if I don't want them to know, but I work beside a really great bunch of colleagues, um, so they know now, they're really quite understanding um, through stressful times. So in, in regards to all the volunteering, um, has, it, has volunteering with CME opened up other opportunities for you that you'd maybe um, not 
thought about in the past or? Um, I've always sort of done some sort of volunteering. What it's given me the strength to do is to not volunteer as much with other things, if that makes sense. Um, I used to be in every committee, under the sun, rugby club, raw lads, this, that, the next thing. Now I'm not, for a year and a half now I've not been in any committee. CBT and See Me Scotland went, yeah there's more I want to do. So it's taught me volunteering and the support I get for yourselves and that's actually taught me more about self-care if I'm honest and I don't need to be everything to everybody I love what I volunteer with with See Me Scotland because it's not an every week thing or anything like that so it's given me better self-care and that but it has opened up other things as well because I get to talk more and I get to go to groups and uh, I'm starting to make more of an impact at work uh, we're even going to have a mental health awareness day in September uh, which is a huge step forward for them. Um, so we're in the pro no November, sorry, we're got to, we're in the process of organising all of that. But it's taught me more about self care, but being able to speak more and do bits in the press and normally more around mental health. But yeah, but also not to do too much, which is really just as important. Um, and coming off the committees and doing things for me, it's encouraged me to do other things, like I've done my first long haul flight and not worried about it, and uh, swam with dolphins and uh, whitewater rafting, and yeah, it's, it's given me the strength to do other things, if that makes sense. How do you feel, um, as a volunteer, do you feel part of this larger like movement for change? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I've been quite lucky because I've heard quite a lot and I've done one of the talks down at Borders College and that which was brilliant and hearing one of the youth volunteer workers working um, and I've met a few of them which are brilliant and you see a different side because they're younger than that and they're just great, the enthusiasm um, with them is just brilliant and it's, it's good to see them so yeah I do, I've had the opportunity to see further sides in that and yeah, I do feel part of it. I'm a cog in a big wheel, but um, it's a little cog, but we're, if we all work, work together, we'll get there. Yeah, we're in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. I think we are. Um, what, do you, do you, what do you think some of these messages should be? Moving forwards, I mean, into Moving the future. Moving forwards. Mm. Uh, we still have to end stigma, and we have to keep getting that through. There's a point there is. Nobody's born to stigmatise people. Or, you know, it was like a point, and I've always said it, we don't put up with racism in this country, so why put up with stigmatism in this country? And that's where we need to go, is getting, that it's as bad. Stigmatising somebody with an illness is as bad as being racist to somebody for their colour. It's just wrong. And I think we also have to maybe do some work of self-stigmatising. I do think, and I've probably done it myself, because I've not put myself forward for something thinking, I'm not good enough, I've got depression, I can't do this. So maybe to work on self-stigmatising, encouraging people to stand up and talk about it and things like that. I think we do, and we've been involved in it, like with the Mocha Mile event, um, with them, I think they're brilliant, to encourage people to speak more. Yeah, um, but I think we're going with the right thing. It's, it's, it's the title says, see me, I'm me, I'm not an illness. Yeah, mm. definitely. And for my final question, um, <laughs> what, what would be the one thing you'd say to somebody to um, 
challenge mm -hmm. discriminate, discriminatory behavior. I would ask them how they would feel if somebody said deroga something derogatory to them. What would it make them feel like? Like even just a simple thing, they might say something to me, different from mental health. But as I said before, like you're pulling the depression card. How would they like if I went, oh you're pulling the asthma card because you can't breathe? How would they feel? Or things like that. Would you say the same comment to somebody with cancer or pull yourself together? I'm still never sure how to pull myself together or what I have to get a grip of. But you would never say that to somebody with a cancer or uh, there's a picture and it's uh, somebody saying, what do you mean you're drowning? Just swim. It's like that. You would sew somebody a lifeline. How has your experiences at work been, how have you then been able to impact CME's workplace programme, what it do, so me been quite involved with our workplace programme and working with Mario for five years. And what's your involvement been in the workplace programme? What impact has your experience have you been able to then have on CME? Um, the workplace programme's been good. I've went out and spoke at different companies um, to speak and it's been good and it's helped them and I've, I've come away with positive stuff from that to take back to my own work as well and we're starting to implement things there as well. Love the Let's Chat um, leaflet that we got out and that's given me more buy-in from our senior management so that's made a big difference so working with that has been good and going out to different companies and that just putting stuff together and being there to give comments if people want them and that yeah and now I'm seeing a big change at my work and we're getting that but yeah the let's chat one as well was good and when I come away for like meetings with Myred and the workplace program I go back to my work and say yeah come on what about this or anybody else that's in a a working environment that's maybe higher up the spectrum I'm going so I've encouraged one of the local companies to get in touch with you and things like that so it's, it's good okay so that was Susan's interview there um and as I said at the beginning of the program if you want to find out more um about what other people are doing around the country to tackle stigma and discrimination, the huge impact they've been having, then please check out our journey of a social movement, which is at report.cmescotland.org. Some really inspiring and amazing stories on there from uh, volunteers like Susan, from our partners, from people in workplaces across the country as well. Um, definitely worth a look at. So thank you uh, as ever for joining, Dee. You are welcome. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and thank you Claire uh, for coming along and chatting as well thank you very much alright cheers bye bye guys bye bye, bye.